Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy, or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful and Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. So welcome to the episode where we are talking about simplified self-care as moms. And I always like to start off the episode just by kind of giving you a little background story of like what's going on behind the scenes of this, like what's really going on. Crystal says my self-care is pole class. Yes. And Megan says use it as a tool, not as a last resort. That's exactly right. Um, But I'm going to tell you about my old life when I had my crash landing into motherhood, basically when I had my first two kids, but these are a bunch of lies. Savannah, hi. Um, Other Savannah, both Savannahs are on here, I think. But um, these are some old lies about my life that I used to tell myself about self-care. 
So I would tell myself that I didn't need it. Okay, for some reason, I thought I was the only person in the whole wide world who never needed a moment to herself to do something to, you know, be me, recover, pour into myself. I thought that I was the only one who didn't need that. I was a super freakish human mom who just didn't need it. And that was a lie. But the reason that I told myself these lies are because I thought that somewhere along the line, I learned the message that practicing self-care, taking time to myself as a mom was selfish and that good moms don't do that. Okay. Good moms don't take time away from their kids to do something for themselves. That's so selfish. Like who would do that? Who would abandon their kids for self-care? This is stuff that I used to think lies that I used to tell myself. Um, so if you felt like that before, or if you still feel like that before, put it in the comments and just let me know. Cause I like to know where you guys are at in this process. I don't think it's a very uncommon thing for moms to feel like that. Like self-care is selfish, um, or good moms don't do those kinds of things because they dedicate every waking second to their kids. Um, so I also told myself that it was impossible just, you know, logistically speaking, it was impossible. I have work, I have school. I have to find a babysitter. I have a husband. I have all these things going on in my life that make it literally impossible for me to ever get a moment of self-care into my life, right? Um, I told myself that it costs a lot of money. And I think this is something else that a lot of people can relate to. When you first have kids, especially if you're super young like I was, I was 19, just barely 19 when I had my first, money was tight. Money didn't exist. So I thought that self-care was something that you had to go spend a lot of money on. You had to go out and treat yourself. Okay. That's something that I say a lot of times is that like treat yourself is not self-care. It can be self-care. Sometimes it is. But for me, even now to this day, most of the time, that's not it. That's not what my self-care is. And I'll talk about what it actually is. But um, I also told myself that good moms, you know, in addition to saying like, moms who practice self-care are selfish. I also told myself things like good moms don't need it. Good moms don't need a break. Good moms don't need to practice self-care. Good moms are totally fine and do well with never getting any self-care in their life. Okay. I think it was because I didn't understand it, but, um, the last lie, the biggest lie is that I was fine without it. I was like, I'm fine. You know, I can do this for 18 years, you know, and then I had another kid and I was like, okay, 18 more years. And then I had another kid and I was like, oh my God, okay, 18 more years. And then I'll get some self-care time in and I'll be fine and I'm fine. And you know that, that meme where like the, like the little dog thing is like sitting, drinking his coffee and he's like, everything's fine. And there's like fire all around him. That was me. I was like, I'm fine. And I wasn't fine. I was dying. I was like dying and suffocating on the inside. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. Shaley, the lies. Um, so those are lies that I used to tell myself. Everything is fine. Yeah, that was the biggest one and everything was not fine. So next I'm, oh yeah, Emily. And that is a really good one. Um, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit too. Is like, we don't feel like we deserve it. We don't feel like we earned it. We don't feel like we did enough to get it, or we don't feel worthy of, we don't feel worthy of it. That's another big part of it that I'll talk about in a little bit, but that's so true. So many of us feel that way, you know, because we 
maybe we stay at home and we don't collect a paycheck. So we're like, we don't deserve a break. You know, we got keep going, keep going, no breaks. <laughs> um, and it's just not true. Um, so I'm going to tell you what I used to think self-care was. I'm going to tell you about some of the embarrassing consequences of not ever getting self-care that I hope that you guys can relate to. Um, and then I'm going to tell you guys what it is to me now and how I practice it now and how you can practice it for yourself as well. Hey, Jessica, you got here just in time. So I used to think that, oh wait, there's somebody else I need to invite. I just remembered. Hang on. Okay, I invited her. Hopefully she jumps on. But um, I used to think that self-care had to be something like a girl's night out, right? A night away with no kids, no husband, getting wasted, okay, and <laughs> that's what I thought it was, okay? And like I said, sometimes it can be that, but if you're relying on that, you know, to get that as your regular self-care, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to be really unsatisfied because basically what that is is an escape, okay? For me, um, my self-care, what I used to think it was, was an escape. It was like, I can't take this SHIT anymore, <laughs> I need a break. And I would get to my breaking point and be like, I got to go. I got to go. Like, I got to go get a bunch of, I got to go get a bunch of wine. I got to go walk around Target by myself. I got to go somewhere, just be alone. And that wasn't self-care. That was survival. Okay. So there's a difference. I used to think that that's what it was. I used to think that it had to be going and spending $50 to get my hair and my nails done or, um, just things like that, which, you know, like I said, they can be self-care, but self-care is so much more than that. That's like a superficial, like I said, treat yourself, not actual self-care. Um, hey, Shamron. So that's what I used to think it was. And now I'm going to tell you about some of the consequences of choosing to tell myself those lies about what self-care was. Um, consequences for me, for my family, for my marriage, um, some stories, but <laughs> the biggest one that I think, and I hope some of you guys can relate to is like, I would be, you know, moving along being like, everything's fine. I got this. I don't need breaks. You know, good moms don't need breaks. Selfish moms ask for help. Selfish moms go off on their own. Um, so I wouldn't, and I would go to work, I would go to school, I would take care of all the kids, I would do all the grocery shopping, I would be, you know, just going and going and going on top of having a super cluttered home, which is why I talk about decluttering, because it's one of the simplest ways to get yourself some relief and open up time and energy for self-care. But um, I would get to this point, and it was like this vicious, never-ending cycle of like being okay, being okay, being okay. Then all of a sudden things were not okay. I was irritable. I was angry. I was resentful. I was having outbursts. I would yell. I would get mad at my husband. I would give him the silent treatment. Um, I would have, you know, feelings of like, and I say feelings of, because I, I don't believe that I ever had like a chemical imbalance, but feelings of depression, isolation, um, worry, just really unhappy, feeling very stagnant, feeling very stuck. And what I call like paper bag syndrome, <laughs> where you're just kind of like drifting through the wind, like not doing anything really on purpose, literally just trying to survive and get through your days. And it never ended well. It ended in fights with my husband. It ended in me being a mean mom to my kids. 
um, it ended up in me running away basically. And my husband being like, okay, like you're bringing us all down. You're making this house miserable. He wasn't wrong, but it would always, you know, piss me off because I'm like, God, yeah, no wonder I'm so grumpy all the time. Like I'm doing everything by myself, never get a break. And he'd be like, fine. Like this weekend, you're going to wake up, you're going to leave the house, you're going to go wherever you're going to go, and then you're going to come home. And, and then, you know, that sounds nice, right? Like my husband's helping me out. Then I would get mad at him and I would get mad at him because I'm like, that's not what I need. Like, I'm going to go out by myself on a Saturday when I want to be hanging out with my family. But, um, let me go know if you guys relate to this (laughs) or if I'm just crazy. Um, but I'm like, okay, fine. Like I'll do it because I feel like you just want me out of the house. Like you don't want to be around me anymore, but going off on my own isn't going to make me happy because I'm going to come home to the same crap. I'm going to come home and have the same jobs to do. I'm going to come home and have the same chores and the same groceries and the same jobs and the same messes. Um, sorry, sorry, Caitlin to make you cry. Um, yeah, yeah. Help, but not like that. Um, so that was the cycle we were in. And then I would go, you know, I'd go like walk around the mall, do something unimportant to me, get some relief. And I would come home happier and it would be fine for a little bit. And then we get right back into the cycle of like, I'm burnt the freak out. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I'm exhausted. I'm tired of everybody needing me all the time and not having anything to myself. And we would have conversations and he'd be like, okay, so if you could do, Hey, Ashley, you could do anything in the world. You know, what would you do? And I would say something and I'm going to say like stupid. Hey, Karen. Um, but I'd be like, get a tattoo. And he was like, okay, so, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's like, what do you want to do with your time? How do you want to spend your time? And my husband's really good. And he's always been really good at like having a vision and being a strong leader and helping people find their path and the direction. Like, that's just what he does. Oh my God. Yeah, Emily. And then like the chaos when you get back and you're like, wow, this was so worth it. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but he would, and I never really understood what he was asking me. He's like, no, you like, I know you. And I know that you want so much more than to walk around target alone. Like that doesn't, that's not who you are. That doesn't make you happy. And he was right. What I was needing was true self-care, which I'll talk to you about in a minute after I have a couple more stories I want to share with you guys, like true self-care and what it means to me, how I practice it now so that I'm not always getting to that breaking point in that, that just survival mode, 24, seven, 365. Okay. So that's what it used to be like for us. And I don't know how my husband put up with me for so long because I was miserable for so long because I was in denial about needing self-care. Yeah. I need help with finding my path. Uh, that's, that was a big part of it is like finding my, finding my path. That's another reason guys that I recommend decluttering because decluttering opens up the physical space so that you have the time and the energy to explore those kinds of things. And Crystal, you're on your path. Like you're finding it. Um, I know you are. So it's just a matter of time. And the more you practice it, the more you do it, the more you put yourself out there, the easier it gets, the more fun it gets. Um, but yeah, you are getting there. You are getting there. Um, so that's just some of the, like some of the conversations that we used to have Um, and I would also say things, he's like, okay, so what do you want to do with your life? And I'd be like, I want to help people. He's like, okay, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) 
right? So it is a lot of like trial and error and just getting to know yourself in general. But like I said, when you declutter your home, you start to uncover all of those layers of like, what's really going on here? Like, what's my real issue? Oh, that's another thing I need to write down so I don't forget. Um, okay, so hold on. Okay, so I want to tell you guys a story too, just one story about my friend. Um, and then I'll come back and check the comments. But I have a friend, she's grown, like she's, and I've told you guys about her before. She's older. She's like 60 something. Her kids are grown and out of the house. And she was the type who sacrificed everything all the time for her kids and never really did anything for herself. And I watch her and I love her and I adore her and she's done everything for her kids, but she's run herself into the ground. And she says things still at 60 something years old that I was saying back in the day, things like, that's just what good moms do. Good moms just suck it up and keep going. You know, good moms just do what they have to do and drop everything all the time for their kids. And for me, like I said, I was getting feelings of resentment towards my kids and my family. I felt taken advantage of. I felt like a glorified maid and a roommate and just somebody who was there to do the dirty work. And that was it. And my role as a mom could have been hired out. Like I was pretty unimportant is how I felt. Um, and it wasn't their fault. It was me. It was totally me not taking care of myself, but that's how it made me feel. And I watch her at 60 something years old, still saying these things. And the reason that it makes me sad to see mom say things like this, say things like I'll practice self-care when my kids are grown. You know, I would rather spend my time, all of my time and energy on them right now because, you know, I'll get my me time down the road. Or, you know, my husband and my relationship will be there down the road. And her kids have been out of her house for 20 years and she still feels like that. So it doesn't go away. It's not like your kids get out of the house and all of a sudden you know who you are and you know what you want to do. You, you have to figure that out before it gets to that point. Because you're going to get to the point where your kids are gone and you still don't have anything for yourself. And you're just going to fill it up with, hey, Jasmine. You're just going to fill it up with other things and you're going to keep saying the same things. And it's not only her. I know people in real life who I don't want to say their names or give it away of who they are. Um, Cause I actually don't know if they're in this group, but there are people who I know who have grown children and they still say the same things. And some of them come into the group. Even when I give you guys the questionnaire of like, what are you hoping to get out of this? And some of them will say like, my kids are out of the house and I still need help with decluttering my home or simplifying my home or figuring out how to practice self-care or figuring out how to deal with, you know, giving my life up for my kids. And yes, we are moms. So we do everything for our kids, but when we're doing it in a way that sacrifices ourselves, it's not benefiting them. Um, and it's not benefiting you. Um, so I just wanted to share that story because that's terrifying to me. I don't ever want to get to that point where like I'm grown and old and like, I'm still unhappy. Like I thought getting the kids out of the house was going to make this all good and easy for me. And it didn't. So you really have to figure out ways to do it now. You just have to redefine it is basically what it is and how I did it. So now I'm going to tell you about <laughs> how I did it, how I do it 
and how hopefully you can start to shift your your way of thinking around it and making these small but intentional and very impactful ways to get self-care into your life. Um, And if Ashley Hemingway comes on, I might share a story about her too. Because she's been doing, like I've been working really closely with her. She's been doing it and she's had a lot of breakthroughs. Like she's proof that it works. Um, So let's talk real quick about like what self-care means to me. You're going to have to make your own definition. Feel free to use mine as like a guide. Feel free to use mine like verbatim, exactly the same if you want. But the whole purpose of literally everything that I ever tell you guys to do is tell you how I did it, how I do it, how I've done it. And you make it your own, whether that means you do it exactly as I did it, or you do it similarly, or you do it completely differently. But the whole goal is just to kind of get you to shake things up for you, to get you thinking about things differently and trying different things and experimenting and seeing what happens for you. So, um, for me, self-care, all it means is that I'm prioritizing myself and my sanity above all else so that I have something to give. Because what it was like before is I didn't prioritize it at all and I had nothing to give. I was so burnt out. I was so stressed out. I felt so alone and depleted that I, I didn't have anything to give my kids or my husband or my friendships or myself or my work. I just didn't have anything to give. So that's all self-care is to me is prioritizing myself and my sanity because otherwise I don't have anything to offer at all. So one of the things, you know, that I think people struggle with and they can't get their heads wrapped around is like, if I'm prioritizing myself first, like that means that the kids are, you know, further down or the husband and the marriage is further down. And that's true. But I cannot stress enough. Like if you don't make yourself into something that has something to give, like they're way down even further than you, than you realize Um, than if you were to prioritize yourself because you just don't have anything to give. Okay. You're giving them scraps. Okay. Who wants to give their family, their scraps and their crumbs and their like stale, nasty crumbs, right? We don't want to give that to our family. We want to give them like this nice hot cake. That's delicious. Okay. Um, so that's what, that's what self-care is. Make yourself into a delicious cake. Okay. So (laughs) it's a lot of, yeah, exactly. Fill your own cup. Um, and there's like the vase analogy. Maybe you guys have heard it before. If you haven't, I'll explain it to you real quick. But like if you're a vase and you're filled up with some water and you like tip yourself out and you're like pouring into home, you're pouring into kids, relationship, work, eventually you're going to run out, right? You're going to run out of water. You're going to be like, I'm gonna crash, burn. I have nothing left to give. But if you focus on just standing up tall and filling up your vase to where you overflow, it's so much easier, right? Because you're just like, boom, like I've filled myself up so much that it's easy. I literally can't help but to fill up all these things around me because I'm overflowing, right? It's just a funny little analogy. I always feel weird like saying these things because it's like, you know, so imaginary, but it makes so much sense, right? So that's the vase analogy. I love it. I've also done like the pyramid analogy. Um, Let me draw it real quick, but where you're at the top, okay, pyramid, you, here, can you guys see this? I'll write it backwards. You 
and then you pour all your stuff into you and then you have like marriage and then you have kids and it just like trickles down. Right. But you have to be up at the top um, in order to pour into everything else. So uh, I'll come back and check the comments in a second. So here are some weird things. Cake, cake, cake. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys some weird things that I do that are self-care to me. Um, yeah, like the champagne glasses. There you go. That's way better, Karen. <laughs> we fancy. Okay, so I do a lot of weird little things um, that are self-care to me, and then I'll tell you some of the bigger ones too. But so I'm actually, you know what? I'm just going to tell you the big ones first. So the when we moved from Alaska to Florida and we got into a house that was completely clutter-free, I tell you guys and have told you guys a lot. So if you've heard this before, just bear with me. If you haven't heard it before, what happened was all of a sudden I had no distractions. Okay. I could not hide my, my grumpy mood behind having too many chores, not having enough help being stretched too thin. I couldn't hide behind that anymore because after my husband and I would put the kids to bed, the house was clean. There were no dishes. There was no laundry to catch up on. Everything was done. And I had nothing to do but to confront what was going on within me, which was a whole bunch of crap, whole bunch of childhood traumas. Okay. I, I grew up in a really traumatic uh, home. Like, and I was a runaway. I ran away from home at 16. Um, I had a lot of issues to work through. And once I cleared out the clutter, I know it sounds so crazy, but it happens for everybody that I've worked with. Once I cleared out the clutter, I was able to start really working through all of those things of like, holy crap, like <laughs> that's a lot of baggage to carry. I have a lot of issues, a lot of like mom issues, a lot of dad issues, a lot of just general issues. So I started therapy. Therapy was my first very big, deliberate and intentional form of self-care. Um, and the reason that I think that therapy is self-care is because you are literally prioritizing and taking time out of your day to fix yourself. Okay. And that was what I went and told my therapist. I was like, I don't know what a healthy parent-child relationship looks like. I don't know what a healthy mom and daughter relationship looks like. Like teach me how to do this. Like, just give me some direction. Tell me how to fix my stuff so that I can be okay. And I did. So I started therapy. So ther decluttering and therapy were some of my biggest forms of self-care because they helped me, they helped me get to like the root of my actual issues. Okay. Um, it also helped me in my marriage. Okay. We, my husband and I all of a sudden were like naked and afraid because we were home at night with nothing to do. Um, and we just had no choice but to deal with our stuff. So that was a big part of my self-care. Therapy, decluttering, prioritizing those things. Um, but it's not always something so big and dramatic. It can be, and I recommend therapy for everybody because everybody's got their baggage and their issues, but um, Sometimes it's a lot of little things like waking up early before my kids so that I get 20 to 30 minutes alone to read or drink my hot coffee. Hey, Kristen. Um, it's saying no instead of saying yes all the time. I was scared to admit this, but I've admitted it um, in here a few times. Like I have absolutely no interest in ever participating in the PTA. 
I don't want to do it. I have no interest. I have no desire in doing it. But me saying no to volunteering for the PTA is self-care because if I were to say yes out of obligation or guilt or feeling like I had to or feeling like good moms want to be a part of the PTA, um, I would be doing myself a disservice. I would be running myself ragged. I would be committing to things that suck the life out of me. And so sometimes for me, self-care is just saying no and putting up boundaries and saying, no, I'm not willing to do that. Or yes, I would love to do that. Okay. Um, sometimes it's also little things like putting oils on my body. Some of you guys know, like I will wipe down like my windows and my doors with oils because I'm like, it attracts good energy, good vibrations. Um, I will burn like candles. I will turn on like my diffuser. I will do things like wipe down the baseboards. If they're like looking particularly dusty and gross, it makes me happy to see clean spaces in my house. So sometimes my self-care is being like, everybody's going to have to go play by themselves for a little bit while mom gets a little bit Monica Geller up in here. Okay. Um, so sometimes, yeah, my sanity, right? Sometimes I, and I told you guys this a long time ago and everybody thought it was really funny, but a lot of you guys have started practicing it. Like I take all of the trashes out before they're full because nothing irritates me more than an overflowing trash can that stinks that everybody just keeps smashing down and walking past and it's disgusting and gross and it really, really irks me. Okay. So sometimes for me, self-care is being proactive and doing things that prevent or alleviate my frustrations, <laughs> like an overflowing, disgusting trash. Yes. Emily, I do that too. I'm like, it's nice out. Everybody get outside. Mama's going to listen to some, like Jessica said earlier, some music with some bad words. <laughs> um, or, you know, or, you know, questionable lyrics, right? And I just don't want you guys to hear it, but I want to listen to it. So get outside. Just kidding. I'm not kidding. I'll do that. <laughs> hey, Jess. <laughs> um, so I shower every day. Okay. And I know that's like a big deal to some people. I shower every day. That doesn't mean that I'm taking like a 30 minute shower to myself, but every day I take a shower. <laughs> and sometimes that means that I'm bringing the baby in with me. Um, when she was teeny tiny, it meant putting her at the bottom of the shower in the bumbo. Um, but I take a shower every day because sometimes self-care is really just your basic hygiene and taking care of your physical health, like eating good food, um, going for a walk, getting some sort of physical movement in. And the reason that I wanted to bring up Ashley Hemingway, if she's on here, I don't think she is, but um, she's been, like I said, I've been working really closely with her. And she was really resistant at the beginning. She was like, okay, fine. Like this isn't going to work. You're crazy. Not going to work for me, but she listens and she, she's like the exact, um, example of like what this should be. It's like, we have kids, they're unpredictable. Their sleep schedules are not consistent, but we're going to do whatever we can, whenever we can to make it happen. And this morning she woke up you know, she's got a baby who has crazy sleeping habits and was like, I got some time to myself, laid in my bed, listened to some podcasts. It was good. I wanted to do some yoga, but the kids were awake. So she did it with them. And like half of my workouts of my entire motherhood season, cause I work out almost daily. Half of them have been done with kids with me, not saying it's efficient, not saying it's always the most enjoyable or easiest, but I prioritize 
Brianna's here. Um, I prioritize my physical health, and sometimes that means doing a 15-minute YouTube video while the kids crawl around me. And you just got to do what you got to do, and you can't expect perfection. But self-care a lot of times is just taking care of your physical health, choosing to drink water instead of a glass of wine, or choosing to drink water instead of soda, or water instead of that third cup of coffee. Um, it's eating healthy food. It's, you know, as much as possible. So I do want to tell you guys something too, that I was embarrassed to admit, I was embarrassed to admit this because guys, like I have one baby at home. I work from home. My schedule is really (laughs) instead of one. Yeah. I have a really flexible schedule, but I'll be totally honest since this move, like Getting food on the table has been a struggle. So my husband and I looked up a meal service and we got it and it has been saving my life. And we, you know, we priced it out and it's about the same amount of money that it was costing us groceries, you know, to get the groceries, um, saving us time and energy and my sanity. And that is a really big piece of self-care to me was like, Choosing to suck it up and be like, okay, like it's really annoying every night to be like, what do you want for dinner? Yeah, Kristen and I have talked about this this morning. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. You know, let's go get Taco Bell. What's closest? I don't feel like eating burgers again or, you know, frozen pizza or I forgot to pull the chicken out or, oh crap, we don't have buns. And like there are seasons of my life where I'm on top of it and I've got this, but this is not one of those seasons. This is one of those seasons where I'm really busy with a lot of other things going on. So choosing to hire out a meal delivery service for about half of our meals is hundred percent worth it to me for the time and frustration that it saves me. So that's what I was saying earlier too, is sometimes my self-care isn't doing something. It's, oh shit, the chicken, Sarah says. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's, eliminating frustrations, eliminating, you know, simplifying things and making it easier for yourself. Um, so sometimes it's just listening to music. Sometimes it's being alone. Sometimes it's taking a shower alone. Sometimes it's asking for help. Sometimes it's hiring a housekeeper. Um, sometimes it's just like doing what you got to do for a little bit so that you can focus on all these other areas. Okay. Because we have, we have, we have a lot going on behind the scenes at the Lockwood house right now, a lot going on behind the scenes. So, um, that was just an example of one of the things that we did. So worth it, completely worth it. So, um, those are some examples. Housekeeper goes second best thing ever. I haven't done that yet. Um, I've been on like the verge of wanting to do it, but, um, So what else is there? Physical health. Oh, so the last part of the self-care, which I think is the hardest one for people to figure out. um, I'm gonna come back to the comments in a minute. um, Is finding your purpose and your creation, like what you wanna create. So this is the one that takes like the most trial and error, but it's basically finding something outside of your motherhood that fuels your soul. Okay. So that was what I talked about a little bit earlier was, um, my husband was like, what do you want to do with your, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, get a tattoo. And he's like, that's not what I mean. 
<laughs> like that's not, you know, that's, you don't want your legacy to be that I got a tattoo, right? So it took a long time to figure it out. But the reason that I was able to figure it out, which hint, hint guys, like what I'm doing here right now with you is my purpose, is my creation, is what I give to the world. You know, in addition to these humans that I'm raising, it's this, it's this blog, this podcast, this course, this group, everything. Um, but I didn't just like be like, oh, here I am. Like I found it. Um, I had, how many blogs did I have before this? I had three blogs before this. Okay. Before this one was successful. So that means that I tried creating a group, a course and a blog three times before I made this one and found my zone. Okay. I took a lot of different jobs. I tried a little, a lot of different positions. Um, because I'll be totally honest, like I have been a stay at home mom and it's, not my favorite. Like I, I love being able to stay home with my kids, but I also am the type who thrives on having something else to put my energy into. Um, but I'm a weird, weird person because I also don't want to be like I used to be where they were like, we're going to make a schedule for you. And I have to follow all these rules. Oh my God, guys, sorry. I'm telling you way too much, but, um, I want to be able to do it myself. So I finally have found my zone here with you guys. Um, anyway, but my point is that it takes a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of being willing to, um, do things that suck for a while. I've told you guys before, like when we left Alaska, I had a business in Alaska where I was my, I owned a preschool. I made great money. I was my own boss. It was awesome. Um, and then we went to Florida and I had to let that go obviously. And it wasn't like I could just start it up in Alaska or in Florida. So I ended up getting two jobs working $10 an hour for two jobs where I would work from like six or 7am to 1pm in one school. Then I would take the kids and drive across town to the next school and work from like two or three to like six or seven at night. And that sucked, but I had to do what I had to do. I picked those schools on purpose. Yeah, I could have had one job um, at one place, but I picked those ones on purpose because one was Montessori, one was Reggio. I was really into that style of teaching at the time, and it was worth it to me to suck it up for a little bit and have a really crappy work life <laughs> while I figured out what I wanted to do because I was like, maybe I want to learn how to do this and open up a Montessori school, or maybe I at one point I was like, I'm going to open up like the model Montessori school and franchise it and everybody will just pay me to take my business model. Um, and then ultimately I didn't want to do that anymore. It was not what I expected, but I would never would have known that if I didn't try. So I think this whole part of like finding your purpose and whatever it is that you want to create is really important in self-care as well, but it is the one that is the hardest to figure out and it takes a lot of time and energy and trial and error. Um, and being honest with yourself. Some people already know what they want. They just have to be honest with themselves. Um, if Sarah Potter is still here, sometimes she's mentioned like, maybe I just want to stay home and be okay with that. Like, that's totally okay. Do that. If that's what you want to do, do that. And don't feel bad about it. Okay. Um, just have to be honest with yourself because like, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, Anyway, okay, I think that's it. You guys have any questions? Let me go through the um, comments real quick and, and see 
Oh, Sarah is still here. Hey, hello. I just remember you saying that one time. Okay. I tell my husband I'm miserable all the time. That's even worse. He thinks it's him. It's not. I just don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah, Jessica, I don't know if you were here for the beginning of the conversation, but my husband felt really bad for a long time too because I was so miserable and he thought that I hated him. I'm like, I don't hate you. I just don't know who I am or what I want. Um, Let's see. We've made it routine to do our nightly reset because I need an empty kitchen sink in the morning. Me too, Emily. And James understands that now. He used to think it was so weird, but I'm like, you don't understand. Like walking in to make breakfast in the morning with a sink full of dirty dishes and hungry kids is like the worst thing ever. So he gets it and he supports it now. And he helps me make sure that all the dishes are done and everything's ready. (laughs) Um, Earplugs for all. So I can turn on gangster rap and dance while clean without my two-year-old calling everyone (laughs) hoes. Oh my God, Jessica. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody needs to get outside so that I can listen to this music. Get the whole family in therapy. Yes, Emily, it's going to be good. Um, I see myself saying things I hate my mother saying to me, Jessica, yeah, breaking the cycle is really true. Super true. It's hard to do, but totally possible. And the reason that I know that you will is because you're saying things like this and you know it, like, you know, you know how to do it. Like you're there. It's the people who are like, there's nothing wrong. It's fine. That I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) Jessica says, I actually took help that was offered to me the other day. That was a hard pill to swallow. I have a hard time accepting help. Yeah. And Jessica, I don't know if you were here in the beginning either, but we did kind of talk about that too, is that a lot of times we either consciously or subconsciously tell ourselves that we don't deserve to have self-care we aren't worthy of having help. We aren't worthy of accepting help. We don't do enough to warrant needing help um, or whatever it might be. And that's something that's really common for a lot of moms. Um, every morning, my husband quit doing all the dishes. Lame. Gotta get him back on that. Okay. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope it kind of helped shift the way that you view self-care as a mom. Um, If you missed the beginning, we had some good story time. You can go back and watch the replay or I'll put it up on the podcast, but that was it for now. Um, And I think that's it. If you guys have questions, I'll just keep up with you in the comments. Bye. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, Head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting 
this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the motherhood simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.